All right, let's take our Bibles out tonight, please, and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Does anyone need a Bible? There we go. We have one hand for that. Good. Anyone else need a Bible? All right. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. How many of you believe tonight that the coming of the Lord Jesus is certain? You believe it is certain? Certain. Amen. That just means it's happening. It's happening. And the coming of the Lord Jesus is certain, and I believe even as well that the coming of the Lord Jesus could happen at any moment. Now, no one knows. If, you, if somebody tells you they know when, it's kind of one of those things like we said on Sunday, just run, <laughs> okay, because they don't know. The Bible tells us that no one knows the hour when the Son of Man cometh, and obviously God knows all of that. But we know that the things that are happening around us from the Scripture that are happening point to that. And so uh, I'm thankful for that tonight. Now, so that is certain that Jesus is coming again. In fact, you know what? Uh, let me take you quickly. Hold your finger in Ecclesiastes. I think we need to have Sermon A first before we go to Sermon B. Let's go to John 14. John 14. Why is the coming of the Lord Jesus certain? Well, because he said so. Because he said so. Not because the pastor said so, uh, but because Jesus said so. And so we see in his word in John chapter 14, uh, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Jesus is not going to be around long after this meeting. And so he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So, I mean, imagine that. Jesus is preparing a place right now. And he has been for over 2,000 years. What kind of place is that going to be? It only took six days to create the world. And all this time, now remember though, 1,000 years to the Lord is how many days? One. <laughs> okay. So we think 2,000 years, he thinks two days. So anyway, but quite a place it must be. He said in verse 4, no, verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. You might want to mark that. I will. Not might, but I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am in, in the Father's house in heaven, ye may be also. And so there's others verses, but that's not really the whole, the gist of the message tonight, but the coming of the Lord is certain. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and we find here a, a familiar, some familiar verses possibly, but possibly brand new, and that's great. God's word, whether we've read it through 
one time or a hundred times, it's fresh. It's always got more. Isn't that amazing? And so we, we read in verse number one. Notice the first two words. Remember now. Do you see the urgency there? Not remember tomorrow. Not remember later. But remember now. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. When the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few and those that look out of the windows be darkened. The doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinders is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. And when they shall be afraid of that which is high, anybody here afraid of heights? Okay, anyway. Uh, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, desire shall fail. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight to Hear your spirit tonight. I pray if there's anyone here or joining us by way of live stream that doesn't know Christ as Savior, that you would convict them of that need. I, I can never say anything to bring conviction, but your Holy Spirit can bring conviction through the Word of God. And so I pray that if there is any, anyone that's not saved, that's listening at this moment or even later, that they would humble themselves even now and be saved. Encourage us tonight from your word, in Jesus' name, amen. The coming of the Lord is certain. We said that earlier. Apart from the coming of the Lord, Jesus, my physical death is also certain. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27. Let's turn over there quickly. Hebrews 9 and 27. First and second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. Hebrews 9 and 27, the Bible says that, and as it is appointed, it is appointed, meaning there is an appointment. Maybe you have an appointment this week, next week. Well, God says here, we all have an appointment. And unless the Lord Jesus returns, my appointment is going to be what the writer of Hebrews says, and as it is appointed unto men, wants to what, church? Die. So unless the Lord returns, and we believe that it is, it is certain, and we believe that it's really it's eminent, but in spite of that, possibly this appointment that 
the Hebrews writer talks about here is going to be for me before the Lord returns. It is appointed unto men once to die. So the door of death comes upon most people when they least expected it. I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says, this is the day. This is it. I'm going to die today. Nobody does that. It's just not something that we're programmed to think about. I mean, yes, we may think about the fact that it is appointed unto men. And by the way, uh, the whole premise of this is that we are to prepare for our day of departure. That's the whole theme of the lesson tonight is preparing for our day of departure because as it is appointed unto men once to die, meaning it's coming. We don't prepare for something uh, when it sneaks up on us and we say, you know what, I've been there before though. All of a sudden something, we, f- we forget about something, right? And all of a sudden the appointment sneaks up on us or something sneaks up on us and we're like, I'm not ready, I'm not prepared. You know, like a test at school or whatever it may be. I forgot to study or I forgot to do the assignment or whatever it is. And, and it just all of a sudden we remember, oh, I was supposed to be there at this time or oh, I was supposed to get this done. That happens to us. But this is a totally new ball game, so to speak. We're talking about preparing for for our departure. And so when we're talking about departure, we're talking about death. When it comes, when when this appointment comes, and by the way, I don't know when the appointment is, but God does. God knows I mean, I was, I was born June 28, 1973, just over 50 years ago, and, 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 and that was the appointed time for me to be born. You have your date of birth that, uh, that God appointed for you to be born, and, and uh, my date of death, I have no idea when it is. I'm talking about this body, but God already knows. God already knows what's going to be put on that tombstone after the dash, but I have no idea what's going to be put there, so I have to prepare. It's important. It is imperative that I repair. And so this door of death can come when I least expect it. It will come when I least expect it. You know, obviously some people get ill and I'm not trying to be unkind. And, and there's, a, there's a, a bit of, a, uh, there's a, bit of a, a thing that comes on and maybe they realize, okay, you know what? I'm really ill. I'm really, you know. And so that can be an uh, indication, but nobody plans to get really ill. When it comes, I will walk through it whether I like it or not. I'm not going to be able to say, no, 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 it's too soon. It's, I'm not going to be able to say, I forgot. I got a lot of things to work on. You know, I, I, I was going to take care of uh, some things in my marriage. I was going to take care of some things in my home. I was going to take care of some things in my friends. I, I was going to take, no, that's not going to happen. We're not going to be able to get in that DeLorean and go back in time. It doesn't work that way. So we've got to prepare. Prepare now. Those who know the Lord, praise God, those who know the Lord, if you know the Lord tonight as your Savior, when you go through the door of death, praise God, you're going to enter right into the presence of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going right, into, right from this body, you're going to be absent from this body, praise the Lord, you're going to be immediately in the presence of the Lord. There's no uh, purgatory in the Bible, uh, there's no in-between in the Bible, And so I'm thankful tonight to give you that uh, from the Word of God that you will go into the presence of the Lord. My body, as it says in our text tonight, if you're back in Ecclesiastes, it says in verse 7, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. That's talking about my body. That's talking about your body. 
And we know that from Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. I think I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself where it talks about that. So our bodies will return to the earth and our spirit will go to heaven. Now, that's those who know the Lord. Those who do not know the Lord. Those who are not a child of God. John 1.12. Let's go to John 1.12. You ought to... I want to encourage you to know where these verses are. Know where these verses are. You know what? People have shared these verses with me, not for me, just to store away and have in my mind. And as people share verses with you, uh, all, all I'm doing is sharing what's been shared with me over the last 50 years of my life. Because there's nothing new in the Bible. It's been written for a long time. But there's wealth in there. There's treasure in there. So we got to keep digging. And when you come up with a nugget, don't just put it in your treasure chest. Share it with someone. Because that's how I am where I am today. And I'm nothing. I got so much more to learn. But I am where I am today because a lot of people found nuggets and said, here, Ben, I want to give you this. Listen. Hey, Ben, listen. You know, you're 5 years old. You're 12 years old. You're 17 years old. You're 21 years old. Listen, listen, listen. And so I'm glad people did that out of love. Sometimes... I needed tough love. How about you, right? John 1.12, notice what it says here. But as many as received him, the whole part of John 1 is talking about Jesus Christ from the very beginning. Uh, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word, capital W-O-R-D. He is God. It says, but as many as received him, you could put Jesus right beside that if you want, but that's who that's talking about. To them that received him gave he, Jesus, power to become the what? Sons of God. So there, this is the only way to become a child of God is to receive by faith, receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. No one else is a child of God. And so those without Christ, when they go through the door of death, those who do not know the Lord, when they go through the door of death, will go immediately to hell. As Lazarus went to the Abraham's bosom, the rich man died and was buried, and it says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And eventually, Romans, Revelation tells us that hell will be somehow, I don't know, again, this is, God only knows, but somehow hell is going to be actually thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity. So, that's because the door of death is inevitable. It is certain. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes is a book, though, about life. But it ends in this chapter 12 with a reminder about death. Vanity of vanities all through the book of Ecclesiastes. And then Solomon says, oh, by the way, remember now. No, I don't know where you are. I don't know what now you're in right now. But don't wait till tomorrow. This is, a, this is an admonition from God's Word, not from Pastor Turner. This is an admonition from God's Word for all of us here tonight. God knew before you were even born that you would be here tonight. Think about that. Think about that. 
That's mind-blowing. God knew before I was born I would be here tonight? Yeah, because God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. And yet I made choices with the free will that God gave me to put me here. And so tonight, God knew we were going to have this verse, these verses, for you and for me. He knew that we were going to be the ones that were challenged to prepare for our day of departure because we need to remember now our Creator in the days of our youth. The more I think about my day of departure, and I hope you'll make this personal tonight, the more I think about my day of departure, the more faithful I desire to live every day because it might be my last. The more I think about my day of departure, the more I desire to love God with every fiber of my being. The more I think about my day of departure, the less I should hold on to what the world has to offer. Because the world, as 1 John tells us, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof the desires thereof. But he that doeth the will of God, what does it say? It abides forever. That's what I want. I'm not saying I always do that, but that's what I want. Why? Because my day of departure might be tomorrow. As I consider my day of departure, I think about it. It should motivate me. It should motivate us to live every day to the glory of God. Can I, I want to say something lovingly, but I, I, I believe it with a passion. Backslidden Christians are not thinking about their day of departure. They're not. Bitter, bitter Christians are not thinking about their day of departure. They're not. They're just thinking about the bitterness. I don't want to die in a bitter condition. How about you? I don't want to die that way. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go to heaven. Unfaithful Christians, I don't want to be one. I, I, I have the potential. By the way, I have the potential in me tonight. I want to let you know this to backslide. I have the potential in me to be bitter. I have the potential in me to not be faithful. And if that ever comes, and when it comes, because it will come, there's no way any of us in here are always faithful. But when I'm not being faithful, I'm not thinking about my day of departure. I'm just thinking about the moment. I'm probably thinking about fulfilling the desires of the flesh and not my day of departure. Let's go to Luke 12. Let's go to Luke 12. Jesus here gives us a challenging verse. I think we looked at it several months ago. Isn't it amazing how quick time goes by, even in the dog days of summer, whatever that statement means, I don't know. Jonah came in eight weeks ago this Friday. Eight weeks. We're two days shy of eight weeks. That's, that's just, I feel like he just got here and just got started. Tried to get his passport and steal it, but 
didn't work. Just kidding. But eight weeks. But then you start thinking about your life in eight weeks, and then you think about eight years and all of that. Luke 12, 15, let's just stay the course here. Luke 12, 15, and he said unto him, take heed, take heed, take heed, take heed, pay attention. Beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things, of the things. Jesus says life is not about things. Jesus said life is not about possessions. Jesus says here that it's not about uh, uh, the abundance of things which I possess. Beware of covetousness. Unfortunately, what Jesus speaks of in this verse can be a great distraction to many followers of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, I'm speaking to myself tonight, if I'm not on guard, that the, the, this verse can describe why so many Christians, if we're not careful, are distracted from their day of departure, preparing for it. We're laying up treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves, do not break, or where thieves break through and steal. And said, Jesus says, let's lay up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust, uh, nor, no, neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where there are no thieves that can break through and steal. I'm praying that God would help me not to be wrapped up in temporal things. Now, we need temporal things to, we need, I mean, we need a job. A job's temporal. But a job provides something that we can use for the eternal. Think about it. We have Bibles. This is eternal, is it not? Is this eternal? We, we need to know that. <laughs> this is eternal, okay? My job and your job, they're not eternal. But this book is eternal. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So whenever we take our income, that is, our job gives us an income which is theoretically not, in, not eternal, and we take that income and we give that tithe to the, to the church and we give an offering, tithe to the church, but it's actually to the Lord, and we give an offering, and then the church buys a Bible or the church buys a gospel tract or the church sends money to a missionary, and the Bible is preached, which is eternal. And by the way, what else is eternal? The souls of man. And so if I take what is temporal, and I am able to, with the help of the Lord, take what is temporal and give it back to the Lord, who is eternal, His Word is eternal, and these missionaries, and we who are missionaries here, we are going with the Word of God, which is eternal, giving it to people that have eternal souls, then we're doing something with our life. We're not just preparing for our day of departure, but we're helping others prepare for their day of departure as well. In other words, 
to have my life wrapped up in the temporal only is so sad. If we go back to Ecclesiastes 12, even in one verse, really we see some, a, a, a journey from youth to death in one verse. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. He's basically saying, remember now thy creator in the, in the days of thy youth, because someday you're going to get older. Now that could be a physical thing, which I believe it is an application to that, but it also has a spiritual application to it as well. In other words, we can't, sit around and say, I'll prepare later. No, we're preparing now for our departure. Verse 7, we talked about it earlier. Verse 7 talks about uh, the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Genesis chapter 2, first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2. May God help us not to get distracted with the temporal. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult not to be distracted with the temporal. But may God give us spiritual eyes, spiritual discernment, whether we are in our teenage years or whether we are in our middle uh, 20s or in our late 30s or whatever age in life. It doesn't, we don't want to, miss any moment at all. We want to redeem every time we can redeem. Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man of the what? Dust. Dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And so Solomon says, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. This is, I'm just, you know, I'm just a pile of dust. Created in the image of God. So, here's something to, to meditate on and think about. Time will end, but eternity will not. Time will end, but eternity will not. God breathed life into you. God breathed life into me. And we became a creature. We became a creature not just for time, but for eternity. And do you know that God created me and Brother Joey, God created you and he breathed into our, our nostrils the breath of life. We became a living soul as well so that we could spend eternity with him. I was not created for time. You were not created for time. You were created for eternity. And that eternity is a gift. Where you spend eternity is determined by what you do with the Lord Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way to eternity with the Father. If you know Jesus as your Savior, then rejoice tonight that your eternity is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God and no man can pluck you out of the hand of the loving Heavenly Father. Rejoice in that. And at the same time, prepare. 
Yes, your eternity is prepared. It's prepared. You, that's not going to change. But let's prepare for that day of departure. Number one, quickly, I gave you this quickly. Number one is the potential of the present. The potential of the present. That's in verses one and two. While we have light and while we have life, we should be faithfully following what path God has for us. Again, think about it tonight. If you are of any age, but even if you're a youngster, it supplies. No one would have said, in fact, I know I would have never said that this is where I would be at 50 when I was 15. I would have never said that. 35 years ago, I wouldn't have said it. But this is, where, this is the path God has me on. And so it is, it is vital that I faithfully follow God on this path. Psalm 37, 23. I'm going to read a few verses. We, I'm not going to turn to them. I have them in my notes here. Maybe you want to jot them down. They're familiar, but maybe they're not familiar. But let's write them down and meditate on them later, at least the reference. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 37, 23. And he, the good man, delighteth in his way. You know, there's been times, and God forgive me for this, about saying, I want a different path. That's not a good attitude. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Who else would you rather have ordering your steps? You or God? I don't want to order my steps. Now, I've wanted to, but honestly, it's not true. I don't want to. I want God to order my steps. I don't want to order your steps. I don't want you to order my steps. I want God to order my steps. And the Bible says, he delighteth in his way. And so we know that we need God to order our steps. And so when God orders our steps, you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to delight in it. Well, God, this is not where I, what I had in mind, but this is where you've put me. Number one. The potential of the present. This is not the present I thought God would have me on when Anchor Baptist Church started June 3rd, 2001. This is not the present that I had in mind. By now, there was a building, if not several, in my mind. But this is, this is where God has me. The steps of a good man, I'm not saying I'm a good man, but the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I have failed at that many times, delighting in God's way for me. I have failed at that. Psalms 27, 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me, Psalm 27, 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path. Not a complicated path, but a plain path. Because of my enemies. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence. Isn't this a good thought? It's a scripture, so it's a good thought. In thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. Oh, wow. That means if I'm on the path that God has for me, I should delight in it and I have joy in it because God's on the path with me. We know God's on the path with us. He said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee. Wow. But you don't like the path. Okay, I've been there too, but God's on it with me. 
I was just listening to some preaching earlier tonight. It was talking about the three Hebrew children who were thrown into the fiery furnace. Nobody wants to be thrown into the middle of a fiery furnace, but God was there. And you know, this preacher said something I thought was kind of neat. He said, the three Hebrew children, he was using it as an illustration, not in a literal way, but he said the three Hebrew children, they left the fire and God stayed in the fire for the next people that would be thrown in the fire. Because God's always in the fire before we get there. I thought, that's a good point. God's always in the trial already. God's always in the difficulty before I even get there. Because he's not bound by time. Number one, the potential of the present. If I am planning to serve God later, I have the wrong plan. Serve God now. Remember now. If I am planning to surrender to God's will later, I have the wrong plan. Surrender now. If I am planning to forgive someone later, I have the wrong plan. Forgive them now. You get the point? If I am planning to witness to a family member later, I have the wrong plan. Witness now. The point is, the present has great potential. Don't plan on giving later, give now. Don't plan on getting right with God later, get right now. Why? Because we are preparing for our day of departure. So we have, number one, the potential of the present. Secondly, though, we have the passing of our years. And I'm not going to go through these, but in verses 3 to 5, it basically gives a very interesting way of describing the aging process. Aging happens to everyone. No matter how much we try to stop it, color it, fix it, prop it up, make up it, whatever we do to it, men and women, women, men and women alike, we aren't going to slow it down. Aging is a part of life. I understand I am a man saying that, and some of you are not men that are listening to this, and I know your thoughts on it are different than my thoughts, all right? Just like God said in his word, my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is why I want to redeem any time that I have right now because the days are evil. This is why I want to seize every moment I can to speak truth into anyone in my life. I'm not saying that about me. I'm saying that about all of us. Speak truth into people's life now. There's going to come a day when we can't remember that verse like we can remember it now. Speak it now. This is why we need to seize the moments. Seize the moments. This is why we don't want to wait to give a kind word. Because you might go through the door of death tomorrow. You'll go to heaven, but do you want to be known for the last thing you said that wasn't a kind word? I don't. I, I, I have to say, not everything I say is kind, and that's, that's a shame. That's why I've got to prepare for my day of departure. I've got to recognize that I have no warning on this. I need to recognize that Days are passing, years are passing, moments are passing, months are passing, days are coming and days are going and eight weeks have already gone by and here we go. 
preparing for our day of departure. Number one, the potential of the present. Number two, the passing of our years. And lastly, the preparation for eternity. The preparation for eternity. Look at verse 6 of our text, please. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Once the rope of life breaks, we cannot retrieve it. This is not a doom and gloom message. This is a message from Solomon saying, prepare. Prepare. Oh, if I could only get back those years. It's impossible. Let's learn from our mistakes. Yes, but we can't get them back. But we can give God the glory for right now and give God the glory for this week. This month, this year, whatever it is, the day will come when my heart and your heart will stop beating and the mind will no longer work. We prepare for eternity by humbling ourselves. God resisteth the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. We prepare for eternity by turning to Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Have you done that? Have you turned to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? This is how you prepare first for your eternal home. Jesus again said it. He was the way. He is the way, excuse me. He is the truth. He is the life. Let's go to John 3 quickly. John 3.36. John 3.36, the last verse of chapter 3. He that believeth on the Son, that's referring to Jesus Christ, hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, everlasting life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. This is not Anchor Baptist Church. This is not the pastor. This is the Word of God. And the Word of God says that if we have Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. If we do not have Jesus Christ, we do not have eternal life. And in addition to that, we have the wrath of God abiding on us. So I ask you tonight, I'm not expecting you to answer anything out loud at this moment, but have you prepared for your eternal destination? If you died right now, if you died tonight, if you died tomorrow, uh, the day of death isn't going to say, okay, you know what? Tomorrow's the day. Get ready. Pack your bags. Now when you book a flight, you get an email literally like two days ahead of time saying, oh, by the way, don't forget you have a flight in 48 hours. I booked Jonah's flight when he came here. Two days ago, I got an email that said, hey, you know, in case you're wanting to buy your buy your meal for your flight in two days, like 48 hours advance notice. If you, in case you want to buy your meal, you can do it now by clicking here. Man, talk about getting prepared. But we don't have any emails like that. We don't have any text messages like that from heaven that say, oh, hey, just so you know, tomorrow's your day.
Are you ready? But we do have a, we do have a, we do have a Bible. We do have a message. We do have a, a mom and a dad that have encouraged us with the word of God. We do have a, a, a pastor. We do have a preacher. We do have somebody maybe that we listen to, we've listened to on the radio that says, prepare, prepare, prepare. Secondly, under, under this last point, I, I, I say we prepare for eternity by giving our life to God now. Not to get saved, but because we are saved. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Surrender that life to God now. This is how we prepare for eternity. This way, we are prepared for eternity, but we are also prepared to live. Remember what we said? There's life. There's time, but there's also eternity. God did not create me just for time. God created me for eternity. But he did create me for time. And so by surrendering my life to Christ, I'm not only prepared for eternity, but I'm also prepared for time. What is, what is my amount of time? I don't know. No idea. But as I daily surrender, and I need to work on it, as I daily die to me, Paul said, I die every day. As I do that, guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, God, I want to prepare for time. What is the time? Today. That's all, I, that's all I'm guaranteed. I may not wake up. I may go to sleep tonight, wake up in heaven. I kind of hope that's how it works with me one day. I just go to bed, wake up in heaven the next day. Anybody want to go that way? All right, anybody have any takers on that one? Okay, a few of us. The rest of you, you want to go and adventure some way? Be my guest. No, I want to go to bed and wake up in heaven, all right? But I have no idea if it's going to be that way. But you know what? I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry when I pillow my head at night because if it is that way, I know that because of Jesus Christ, I will be in heaven when I wake up. Not because I'm a good man, I'm a pastor, blah, 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 and all that stuff. It's because the record of Jesus Christ is perfect. And it's my record now too. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, God prepared first so we could be prepared for not only time, but for eternity.